Hey CG leaders, welcome back to our 8th audio training and thanks for tuning in. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, uh, just the need to multiply. Uh, again, we have so many people that are interested in community groups. Uh, so if you have any leaders uh, that you are thinking about, please let us know about them. Uh, so we've been talking a little bit about coaches uh, last week and we're going to follow up that conversation. Uh, last week we talked about how coaches are responsible for sort of uh, two things. One is accountability, and then uh, the second is responsibility. And so, um, uh, uh, you know, we talked about how uh, vulnerability and communication are huge components of, a, of accountability. And we also talked about how uh, one of their main responsibility as coaches is actually to help you troubleshoot problems um, and, and to also help you in the multiplication process. Uh, so please do reach out to your coaches. I think it's so important that you reach out to them. Um, this week, we're going to follow up that question or that um, that topic with a little bit deeper of an insight. We're going to be looking at accountability um, and what is entailed within accountability. And so, as usual, I have with me uh, Pastor Sarah. Um, hi, Pastor Sarah. How are Hello. You doing? <laughs> uh, so, Pastor Sarah, what, what is entailed in accountability? There seems to be kind of two facets to this. Right. Um, so last week we talked about communication, um, and I, I want to thank all the CG leaders for, you know, reaching out to their coaches and just starting up that conversation, even responding to um, their emails. And so I want to, um, yeah, commend you for that and continue to do that with your CG um, coaches so that they can get to know you. Um, the second aspect that I want to talk today about was vulnerability, and um, I think this is so important because coaches are not they're not paid you know they're not paid workers they're there as your spiritual friends and so it's really important that we grow together in Christ and that comes through vulnerability and today I want to talk specifically about um, confessing our sins and that might sound kind of like Catholic-ish <laughs> um, and you know the coaches are not there as priests but they're there to really keep you accountable to um, the standards of what it means to be a child of God. And so I think it's really important that uh, we, as time progresses and your relationship develops with your coach, that you begin to you know, really look through some of the sins that you're struggling and with and share that with your uh, coaches so they can keep you accountable. Yeah, and I think it's so important. I mean, I, I think uh, this aspect of confession really helps you to grow spiritually. And I think one of the great things I love about... Um, you know, being a community group leader or, or this, just this idea is that actually as you minister, that's when you grow. Mm -hmm. And the coaches are there to really help you along that process. And confession of sin is going to really help you in your growth uh, as you lead your community group. Right. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a culture shift for us because especially within the Korean-American Christian context, you know, at church... Wherever we are, we do put up our, you know, best face, you know, and mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard for us to be um, real in, in, this, in the sense what we're str struggling with and what we're having a hard time. And so um, but I think this cultural shift can happen with uh, with the leaders. Right. Mm -hmm. So if the leaders are freely willing to just um, yeah confess their sins, acknowledge their sins and um, share uh, their sins, especially with people that are more mature. 
And so I don't, I don't encourage you to just share your sins with mm-hmm. your CG members, yeah. especially because you will have some younger believers in there. And so I think um, that's why the coaches are there. They are, they've been believers for a long time. They are walking with the Lord. And so they're able to point you to Christ and his gospel. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the uh, training for this week. Um, we're going to move into the Bible portion. And uh, we're actually going to be studying Philippians chapters chapter uh, 2 um, uh, just that ending portion there and um, uh, oh sorry I apologize we're going to be studying Philippians chapter 3 um, we're going to be studying that beginning portion of Philippians chapter 3 and this is actually what our sermon is going to be about this week and we decided to uh, focus in on this passage for this week uh, simply because we got a lot of feedback uh, great feedback by the way uh, just really telling us that, you know, it'd be great if we could study the sermon passage once again. And so that's what we're going to do. We're, we'll try to take a little bit of a different look at it. Um, but Pastor Kenny will be preaching this week, and we we went over his sermon. And one of the things that he's going to be highlighting is this aspect of false godliness and then what true godliness looks like. And actually, if you look at godliness, uh, false godliness and true godliness, they look almost identical. Uh, false godliness is sort of almost a counterfeit of true godliness and um, they're, they're almost hard to tell apart but the way to really tell them apart is actually underneath the surface mm-hmm. and are you rejoicing in obedience or are you begrudging in your obedience because that's the really tell, telltale sign of um, of true godliness is if you're rejoicing in obedience um, so uh, let's go ahead and let's cover our passage for today do you mind reading that for us pastor Sarah Yes. Uh, well, so this week's um, Into the Bible section is a little bit different. Before, we had you guys, you know, underline and circle. But this week, I wanted to go um, kind of like verse by verse. So uh, I'll, um, I'm asking you guys to read a couple verses, and then I'll ask one question, and then read another section, and then question. So it'll be that pattern. And so um, I wrote a little summary in there for you guys to all read together. And the summary says, Paul is writing a letter to the Philippian church, thanking them for their monetary gift. He also takes time to explain the reasons for his joy, especially in the midst of suffering. Through the following verses, we will look deeper into Paul's thought process in regard to suffering. And so we're going to have the group read Philippians 3, 7 to 8 first. It says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. All right, so the question is, what is the repeated correlation that Apostle Paul mentions in these verses? Discuss the differences and similarities. And so I think we have a chart there for you in the transcript that will give you the answer. But Pastor Sarah, do you kind of want to explain to us what's going on here? Yeah, so in the two verses that uh, Apostle Paul writes, there's a couple of things that he keeps repeating over and over again. First is how he counted everything as loss for the sake of Christ. And then he repeats again, he says, he continues to count everything as loss uh, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And then he says, he suffered the loss of all things and actually count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So it's this kind of similar correlation, right? Between losing and then gaining Christ. Um, that's repeated three times. And so but you can see as you read these verses, the progression that Apostle Paul has. So the things that he had gained, you know, his status, his reputation, um, his authority, all of it, yeah, he counts it as loss 
especially when he met Christ, but actually he continues to count those things and not just those gains, but everything as loss for Christ in comparison to Christ, yeah. right? Um, and then he goes on to say that he actually thinks that they're rubbish, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a kind of a scary verse if you actually love your possessions, if you love your life. It's hard to, because in essence what he's saying is you got to lose something to gain something. Right. And um, wow, that, that seems quite scary to me, honestly, when I think about that, mm. that I have to lose my life in order to gain Christ. Right. And I think the it, it sounds scary because um, because we do love a lot of things in our lives, but I think the more we mature, I think we realize that actually having Christ is gaining all things mm. because He is God, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, there's always this aspect of like, oh, you know, the rules and self-discipline and there's loss for us, but we have to, as believers, come back to the fact that when we have Jesus, we actually have God himself. Yeah. You know? And so I think yeah. that's really important. That, And I think that's something that Apostle Paul is realizing as well. And even um, for himself, like if you look at Paul's life, you know, he first he says he, he's like the, you know, the least of the apostles. And then he mm-hmm. goes on to say that he's like the, you know, the least of the, the least of the people of God. And then mm-hmm. later on, he says he's a chief of all sinners. And mm-hmm. so I think as he sees the holiness and the greatness of God, of Christ, he sees less and less of himself, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a clear, uh, nice distinction you made that it's not necessarily that he feels like he's actually losing anything because what he's gaining is so far better. It's like, right. it's like yeah, I, I like steak, but I like a diamond much better. Right. Um, and I think that's similar. Right. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next, uh, the next verse or the next question as well. And then have your CG read um, Philippians 3.9. Uh, this is continuing on. It says, And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. All right, and so the question is, what is the invaluable benefit of, quote, being found in Jesus? How can we, quote, be found in him? Um, so I think this part, this question, it talks about um, having the righteousness from God. And I think this is a crucial aspect of the gospel. And so I think most Christians know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them, mm-hmm. you know, for their sins. But on the other side of the coin, there's the righteousness, right? So let's say that you guys are, as sinners, we're in the negatives before God, mm-hmm. okay? And so when Christ died, he actually brought us from negative to a zero because mm-hmm. he paid for our punishment. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you want to be in the right relationship with God, you have to be in the positive. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus Christ, in his lifetime, he actually perfectly obeys God in his behavior, in his heart, in his spirit, emotionally, in all sense, he perfectly obeys the law of God. And so having faith in Jesus Christ actually gives us, God credits that righteousness to us. So not only is our punishment taken, but he puts us in the positive by crediting us the righteousness of Christ. Mm. So that is an invaluable benefit of being in Christ. Yeah. And that faith component, that's not a work, right? That's, that's more of like an instrument right or tool to get the righteousness right yeah it's like that power cable right yeah and so i think it's really important because i think sometimes christians use faith actually as an obedience mm, you know yeah. and so um you know I, i'm sure you've talked you've heard people talk about how like you know the greater faith 
you have the greater you know ways that God will bless you and if you have little faith then God will not bless you but that's not the purpose of faith the purpose of faith is actually to make us look outside mm -hmm. to a different source of righteousness yeah yeah and that righteousness is ultimately contained if you would in the energy source that is Jesus right and then when you plug into that energy source via faith that's when you receive the righteousness right yeah that's great all right uh, so let's let's continue on Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death. So the question goes, what is the purpose of suffering according to Paul? So Paul here, um, as you guys know, um, he basically lost everything. He's in prison. He is uh, just, you know, the society sees him as basically a wasted life, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but for him, he has a completely different view of his suffering. For him, in his suffering, the reason why he suffered is that through it, he could know Jesus, and that through it, he could know the power of Jesus' resurrection, and then through it, he could have sh a sharing. Actually, this word sharing is fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. So, fellowshipping in the sufferings of Christ. And so, the sufferings that he endures are so that he can actually not only just know Jesus in his head, but actually experience Christ um, in his life. That's deep. That's, uh, that's profound, to fellowship with his sufferings. Mm. Um, man, yeah. I mean, I think for me, I, that, that verse uh, kind of scares me as well a mm -hmm. little bit, that uh, in some sense to know Christ is to fellowship with him mm -hmm. in his sufferings. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, this is a good time for you guys in your CG to talk about you know, how we view suffering. And, you know, Pastor Eric talked about how, you know, godliness looks very similar on the outside. And to test the true godliness or um, your, your uh, really, if you rather belong to Jesus or not, is to see how you respond to suffering. So if you're angry at God through your suffering, maybe your understanding of God is incorrect. Maybe that you think that God is there to, uh, yeah, cater to you. But actually, God is not there to cater to you. He's there to bring you to him, yeah. right, to sanctify you. And so I think it's really imp important that we understand in suffering in light of um, our good God, and he allows the suffering to happen in order that we might know him. You know, um, so, you know, a quick example is, you know, when growing up, you know, my mom had four teenagers, four kids, mm -hmm. and, you know, I knew that she loved us. I knew that... You know, she sacrificed a lot for us so that we can be, you know, have a lot of opportunities and things like that. But I didn't fully understand her suffering and her love until I became a mom myself, mm, right? And to yeah. experience what it is to raise a human being <laughs> um, and to, yeah, endure that suffering. And so now I don't have bitterness actually towards my mom. I actually mm. appreciate her even more. And I tell her I love her even more because yeah. I recognize her love for me. And so I think, you know, as Christians, as we suffer, whatever that suffering might be, it's a chance for us to actually understand the suffering that Christ went through on our behalf, mm -hmm. right? Because um, yeah. the sufferings obviously will never compare to what we suffer, you yeah. know? And so, yeah. yeah, it's an opportunity to know Christ, yeah. Yeah, that's such a great analogy that, you know, in some sense you shared in your mom's suffering yeah. so you understood her love better. <laughs> right same way as we suffer we will begin to understand Christ's love even more for us well that's our uh, training for today and in our into the Bible um, Pastor Sarah do you want to go over some of our prayer requests for this week yeah and so I think you know for 
uh, your prayer time, um, you know, whatever your CG members are suffering through, whether it be family members being sick, whether it be their own health, uh, whether it be struggles at church or at work, um, just have some time praying about that and asking God to really reveal maybe some of the lies that we have in our hearts um, about God and that do that they would be able to know Christ more. So go ahead and spend some time doing that. Uh, Please pray for our deacon and coach, Nathan. Um, We're recording this on Thursday, and actually Sarah was induced today. And so please pray for baby Jonah that the Lord will continue to protect and allow him to be healthy, um, Sarah as well. And then just a prayer of praise. Um, You know, we've been really wanting new CGs and we have, I mean, Pastor Kenny has already started a CG, but he's a new group that formed. And then um, Doug and Angie will be making a new group as well. So just thank the Lord for people stepping up. And so, yeah, have a time of giving thanks and prayer for that. Let's take some time to pray for that right now. want to thank you uh, for your mercies are new every day we're so grateful for new groups we're so thankful for new life um, and God really new life as in Jonah baby Jonah and so Lord we just want to thank you for those blessings uh, Lord we pray that um, our church we pray that our community groups will learn the value of actually suffering Lord and that we would get to know Christ even more uh, through our sufferings Lord we thank you we pray this on your son's holy and precious name amen all right, just uh, two last announcements. Uh, uh, one is a marriage refresher course. If you could go ahead and announce that in your groups. Uh, it will be on Saturday, February 22nd. Um, it'll be in the evening starting at around 6 p.m. And uh, we highly, highly recommend this, uh, especially if you need to refresh your marriage. Um, if your marriage is in deep trouble, it, this will not help. But um, if, if, if you just need a little maintenance in your marriage, if you need a little night together, uh, what the marriage refresher is, it's a, it's a date night uh, that will consist of dinner and dessert. And during dinner, uh, you will have opportunities to speak to your spouse, um, but also hear a talk, a presentation. Uh, and Pastor Jason Park from uh, Foothills Church uh, um, uh, will be speaking for us. He's an amazing, amazing speaker. I think you guys will be really, really blessed. Uh, and then during dessert, you'll have a time of discussion, a crafted discussion together about your marriage. Uh, so please consider that the spaces are very very limited we only have 20 spots okay so you want to sign up soon and you can sign up for that online Uh, the second announcement is our women's uh, q a it's on february 8th at 10 a.m 
uh, and, and it'll just be a reflection on 2019 and the 2020 that uh, we have, uh, the hope that we have in Christ. And so if you're a woman and you want to get to know other Christ-like women and you want to uh, just grow in your faith, please uh, make sure to attend that. And then last but not least, as we announced last week, uh, we got some feedback and some responses. And so we went ahead and put all these names into a raffle. We pulled them out, and here are the winners. The winners are Monica Brockway. Uh, the second winner is Debbie Lim. And the third winner is Sean Lee. And so if that's you, uh, please make sure to pick up your gift from Pastor Sarah. Actually, it's Sean O. Sean O, sorry. <laughs> Not Sean Lee. Apologies, Sean, if you're listening. Um, but... Uh, but please do uh, spread the word. Make sure other leaders are listening to this training. It's so important that you guys are all listening together. Well, that's it from us. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.